0: Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Ophira. Hey, so today we're playing a game about Sherlock Holmes. So, Mm -hmm. speed round. What was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's original name for Sherlock?
1: I believe that was Sharonford.
0: That is correct. The first Sherlock Holmes film was a silent movie made in the year 1900. What was it called? It was called Sherlock Holmes Baffled. You got it. And what's the one mystery Sherlock Holmes never solved?
1: It was the perplexing case of who let the dogs out. Who, 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 who. (laughs) From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton, and now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage making an advent calendar out of only prime numbers. <laughs> But only one contestant will be our big winner, and our special guest is musician Jason Mraz. He's starring in the Broadway musical Waitress, and he came up playing music in the San Diego coffee shop scene, which sounds like a pretty great place to pay your dues, right? You're in sunny California, totally relaxed atmosphere, everyone's sipping lattes and eating croissants and writing in their journals. I guess the only downside would be that you have to compete with the sound of the milk frother, right? To be like, okay, my next song is... Our first game is about Tom Hanks, so it's already been nominated for an Academy Award. (laughs) Let's meet our contestants. First up, Christine Sirwa on buzzer number one. You're a freelance writer and copy editor. Welcome. Hi. Your opponent is Damian Vanderputten on buzzer number two. You work in IT security at a university. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Christine and Damien, the first of you who wins two of our games, will go on to our final round. Let's start with a word game called Hanks for Nothing. Tom Hanks, of course, is the only man in Hollywood we're still allowed to mention. So, So we're mashing up titles of his films with other people, places, and things. Let's go to Jonathan Colton for an example.
1: If I said, in the woods made famous by Robin Hood, one man thwarts not only King John, but also Richard Nixon, all while learning that life is like a box of chocolates, you would answer, Sherwood Forrest Gump. Pay
0: attention to the order of the clue, because sometimes the movie will come first in the mashup, sometimes it will come second. Ring in to answer, and here we go. In World War II, we land on Omaha Beach. The mission is the man, and the man is the incredible, handsome star of The
2: Notebook. Christine. Saving Private Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Hey, girl, I knew you could do it. (laughs) She's your private dancer. He's a cop who teams up with a slobbery dog and together they're probably a bad idea. Damien. Tina Turner and Hooch. That is correct, yeah.
1: (laughs) MSNBC hosts Scarborough and Brzezinski star in this romantic comedy where they try to throw themselves into molten lava to appease a fire god. (laughs) Damien. Morning Joe versus the volcano. You got it. (laughs) An adaptation of Walt Whitman's famous 1865 poem about Abraham Lincoln's adventure pirating a ship off the coast of Somalia.
3: <laughs> Damien. Oh,
1: Captain a- I, I don't know. <laughs> you you want to try <laughs> uh, something? He,
4: he,
5: uh, I feel like you're close to it, Damien. Uh, <laughs> Captain Ahab I don't know. It doesn't work. <laughs>
1: Okay. In that case, Christine,
2: can you steal? Oh, Captain, my Captain. (laughs) I don't know the name of the character because I didn't see the
1: movie. All right. Well, you both got it wrong. I'm sorry to say
0: I think collectively they got it right I mean, somewhere you, yeah, in there. yeah, if you, had, if you could there. work together, yeah, <laughs> see, as a yeah. team, you
1: would get it, but you're opponents, so you can't do that. What we're looking for is Oh, Captain, My Captain Phillips.
0: Oh, good grief. J'nade O'Connor sends an MP3 of her hit song written by Prince to Meg Ryan in an America online email attachment. It takes five hours to download.
2: Christine. Nothing compares to You've Got Mail. That is correct.
1: This is your last clue. Google's device for streaming content to your TV gets stranded on a desert island. Its only companion is a Wi-Fi network named Wilson. (laughs) Damien. Chrome castaway. That's right. (laughs) By the
0: way, if people were stranded
1: on a desert
0: island... Yeah. With Wi-Fi? With
1: Wi-Fi? I know. <laughs> they would be fine. Seems like the best case scenario yeah. for getting stranded They'd be, like
0: be like, rescue. They'd be like, no, no, no. No, I'm good.
1: I'm good. <laughs> Let's go to our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska, to find out how our contestants did.
6: Well, I have to say both of our contestants did an amazing job with one of our hardest games. So congrats to you both. But Damien has the edge and won that first round. So you're one step closer to the final round. <laughs>
0: Next, we'll play an audio quiz about startup sounds. But first, let's check in with our contestants. Christine,
2: you're also a former
0: Canadian champion gymnast?
2: Yes. Okay, please tell us about that. So I started gymnastics when I was two and a half, and I competed in a sport called power tumbling, which... Sounds like a drier setting. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in regular gymnastics, when they tumble from corner to corner? Yeah, yeah. It's like that, except you do twice as many flips, and the floor is not quite as bouncy as a trampoline, but more bouncy than the regular floor. Yeah. So... It's a little bit nuts, and I spent 20 hours a week doing that as a teenager. And my last year before I retired from gymnastics at 18, I won a gold medal at the Canadian Championships in Calgary, Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> Damien, you really got into rock climbing
0: after a breakup, mm-hmm. as you do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I find rock climbing kind of a dangerous sport. I mean, you're hanging off rocks with basically the tips of your fingers. I mean, have you been in any dangerous situations?
5: Uh, When I was outdoor climbing for the first time, it was my first outdoor lead, which means you bring the rope up with you, which means the falls are, instead of a couple of centimeters, they're now one and a half to three meters, which Mm -hmm. is a long way to fall. I got up to the top, and... I thought there were some, like, pine needles, but they were actually daddy long-leg spiders that I put my hands on, and I hadn't clipped into the anchor yet, I was a meter and a half above <laughs> the last point, and my belayers screaming, clip in, clip in, clip in, and all I could do was just say, just a minute, because they're dumb, they're the most comical of all spiders, Totally. but they decided that their best route of escape was up my arms and down my body. <laughs> So I realized then I was more afraid of falling than I was of spiders, so I... Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Next, it's an audio quiz called Start Me Up. We'll play sounds you hear when something is beginning or starting up. You ring in and tell us what those things are. Damien, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're off to the final round. Christine, you need to win this, or you have to perform an Apple update on the first day of its release. Oh. <laughs> Here's your first clip. Christine.
2: A Windows PC.
0: Windows is correct. Specifically, it was Windows 98. What movie studios film is starting up now? <laughs> Christine. MGM. That is correct, yes. You guys ever feel like that second roar is just a little too much? Like, really, just the one. (laughs) Yeah, we get it, Lion. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. What trading institution is starting up when you hear this?
2: Christine. Wall Street. Dow Jones on Wall Street. I I like what's going on here. We're not at the
0: answer yet.
2: (laughs) The S&P Industrial Average on Wall Street. All right, not
0: exactly what we're looking for. The stock market on Wall Street. Damien, can you steal?
5: The New York Stock Exchange. That is what we were looking for, exactly.
0: (laughs) What device is starting up here? Damien.
5: The Nintendo GameCube.
0: That is correct. I feel like a lot of our listeners just went into a joyful, (laughs) hypnotic (laughs) state. (laughs) They're like dying to just grab a bag of chips and chill out. Uh uh This is your last clue. What TV show is about to begin?
2: Christine. Sports Center.
0: ESPN Sports Center, that is correct. You feel like those driving guitars just say male. It's like a punch mail. in the face. Yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Puzzle guru Greg Pliska, how did our contestants do? Well, it was another very close and exciting match, but Christine is the winner of round two. <laughs> so this means you've each won one game. We're going to go on to a quick game three. Now, here's how this works. I'll give you a category, and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Now, you buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. On a standard American computer keyboard, name the punctuation marks above the number keys. Damien. The at symbol. The at symbol is above the number two. Christine.
2: The backwards apostrophe thingy. I'm sorry,
6: there is no apostrophe above a number key on a standard keyboard. So Christine, we are sorry to see you go, and Damien, congrats, you're headed to the final round.
0: Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Damien in our final round, and I'll ask Jason Mraz what it's like to win not one, but two Grammys, and not one, but two Teen Choice Awards. Plus, we'll also talk to him about his avocado farm. Avocado, don't go away. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. In 1980, with a few thousand dollars and used dairy equipment, Ken Grossman founded Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Ken's award-winning ales propelled him from home brewer to craft brewer. Today, Ken and his family still own 100% of the company, one of the most successful independent craft breweries in America. More at SierraNevada.com. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message comes from Wix.com, a web platform for creating your own professional website. With Wix, whether it's your first time creating a website or you're a longtime pro, you can do it yourself. Choose from hundreds of stunning templates or start from scratch. With drag-and-drop technology and powerful web features, join over 125 million people already using Wix to create their own websites. Go to WIX.com to create yours today. So, what will you create?
1: Hey, it's Guy Roz here, host of How I Built This, and I have some very exciting news to share. We are hosting our first ever How I Built This one day summit, sponsored by American Express. You'll have a chance to hear from and interact with some of the world's most inspiring entrepreneurs and founders, like Airbnb's Joe Gebbia, Katrina Lake of Stitch Fix, John Zimmer of Lyft, and many, many more. We'll have breakout sessions with experts and guides, and the summit will be a chance for you to meet other innovators and builders. The How I Built the Summit will take place on October 16th at San Francisco's Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. You can go to npr.org summit to find out more and to get your tickets. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Greg Pliska. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. He's a two-time Grammy Award-winning musician and currently starring on Broadway in the musical Waitress. Please welcome Jason Mraz. Hi, Welcome, Jason. Thank Welcome to you. Ask Me Another. Jason, before we all knew you as a multi-platinum artist with hits like The Remedy and I'm Yours, you came to New York City yes. to study music.
7: Yes. And then
0: you decided to leave New York City yes. based on a reading a palm reader. Absolutely. Gave
7: you in Central Park. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I saw him making the rounds in Sheep's Meadow okay. where I was playing guitar and hanging out with friends, and I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to drop out of school and pursue original music, Yes. but anyone I talked to did not agree with that. So I needed <laughs> to find somebody who agreed with me, and so I saw this guy, he's reading people's palms. so I gave him my palm, and he says, oh, youth, and he kind of went into like this trance, and he called me youth, which I loved, he says, youth. <laughs> you need to avoid the questioner and just go with what you know. So I stopped questioning, should I drop out of school? (laughs) And I went with what I knew, which is I knew I needed to do this other path, which was write my own content. Because as a performer, you just need material. Yeah. And in musical theater, I was going to have to audition for that material. That's right. But as a composer, I could just create the material. So it was a lot easier. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So you leave New York and then you make your way eventually to San Diego. Right. Uh, And then you came up in the San Diego Coffee. Shop Shop scene. scene. Yeah. Uh, Which I don't, I mean, that sounds to me delightful, but you. It is. Really?
7: Yeah. Set
0: this, like, give me what that was like. I mean, that
7: goes all the way back to, like, Jim Croce, maybe before him, Um, you know, but in the 90s, a a woman named Jewel was there. Mm -hmm. And so I got there at the tail end of the 90s, and there was still an audience in the seats waiting for who's next, essentially. So I could go to these coffee shops and watch great songwriters. And I just found a home there. It wasn't like bars or clubs, it was all ages, people sitting. Drinking warm beverage uh, Listening to singer-songwriters Yeah, I mean And
0: this is before you To like
7: promote yourself On Instagram or whatever we did have the internet Sure But (laughs) But it was very basic I mean, you had to Hook it up to a phone line But it worked And I I did have to Hand out flyers So it it did require Real legwork Eventually the internet Came and helped us
0: And helped everyone Yeah Uh, Your songs and your public persona have always been about happiness and good vibes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So are you really that happy, like right now in your soul?
7: I am. I am. I mean, we have a choice. All of life is a big old story. What story do you want to tell yourself?
0: But does this happiness ever feel like a burden? Um... Here's what I mean. Like, people come up to you and they expect you to be happy. You expect you to, you know, and so then you feel like, you know what, I'm never allowed to have a a, a rough day. I'm never allowed to be like, no, I don't want to take
7: a picture with a fan. I just want a coffee or... Yeah, kind of. I mean, I I learned early on that if I, let's say, diss a fan or I'm not in a good mood when I meet someone, they could be as proactive against me as they are supporting (laughs) me. True. You know? They could be like, I love that guy, I love that guy, but they meet me on a bad day, and they're like, you know what, I hate that guy, I hate that guy. And the rest of their life, they tell everybody I'm a jerk. So I had to make a choice. Like, when I meet people, just, my wife even reminds me, she says, say to yourself, oh, what fun. (laughs) (laughs) And then it just happens. In your head, you're like, oh, what fun. Yes, we're here, we're talking, and now we're taking a picture great the best the best I, yeah, I have to be of service so now you
0: star <laughs> uh, in the Broadway musical Waitress which is based on
7: yes Waitress fans yep. it's a great show it
0: is a great show so the, the musical Waitress is based on uh, a movie mm-hmm. Carrie Russell starred in this movie about a gifted pie baking waitress who falls in love with her gynecologist you play the gynecologist yes uh, you actually had a connection to the music of uh-huh. this piece, as Sarah Bareilles is the singer-songwriter who wrote the lyrics a few years ago. She... Right, I was her gynecologist.
5: <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> <laughs> and she said, "Could you write a song?" And you were like, "You know, it's funny you ask." <laughs>
7: Uh, No, I was not her gynecologist. Um, I was just lucky enough to sing the duets on her concept album of this music that she wrote as the doctor character. So that was two years ago. I thought, wow. Wow. And then I got to watch the show grow, and it was, became a huge success. And then two years later, she called and asked me if I'd want to be in the show.
0: Now, at the time when you sang the duets, were you thinking, God, I'd love to hop on stage?
7: No. Really? I did not think that. I never thought that would happen. I, I felt like maybe I was too young to play, or too naive. I never finished college. How, how could I be a doctor <laughs> <laughs> on stage? Uh, it'll never pass. you know. So I didn't even think. So how did she rope you into it? She just asked. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no rope required.
0: And you said, absolutely.
7: Absolutely.
0: Now, your wife, Christina, is a excellent pie baker, I've yes. read. So did this help you get into the headspace of what it was like to fall in love with a pie baker? Ex-
7: <laughs> it's perfectly. Because as I was learning the character, he basically stumbles upon this um, waitress who she looks familiar to him, and he's disarmed by her. And his professionalism, he puts that aside to, to learn more about this person. And that's exactly who my wife was. She is. Um, she ran a breakfast and lunch place. She was the baker there and the head barista. And she knew everybody's names. And so when she gave you five minutes of her time, you just felt so special at this restaurant. I had to go there for the free Wi-Fi. Yeah. More often than necessary <laughs> right? Uh, to get to know her better and eventually ask her out. So, yeah, she's my Jenna Hunterson.
0: Nice. So in 2014, you mentioned in an interview that you had one album left in a contract. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you finished that, you were going to maybe retire. Yeah. How's that working out?
7: Um, Pretty good. Really? Yeah. Is this your retirement? Uh, No, but this is like a Broadway retreat Yeah. in route to that. (laughs) And um, I think retirement for me was I want to get out of the competition that um, pop music can be sometimes. So I said, wow, this has really become a job. So I want to finish that up and um, continue to be a performer and a writer, but just do it on my own time.
0: Right, whenever, and, yeah. whenever you want yeah, to Yeah, and
7: without so much expectation as well. Sure. Yeah. Maybe open a coffee shop. Well, we planted coffee on our farm two years ago. How's it going? It's going great. So California coffee is on the way, you guys. Oh yes.
0: Mmm, coffee. Yeah. I like it. You like that? I, I like that's a, that. Jason Java, I'm, I'm working on your uh, coffees. Okay.
7: This
0: is good. Thanks. But this is a good segue uh, into okay. your challenge. Are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes. Jason Mraz, everybody. Woo! So you just mentioned that you grow coffee, but on the Mraz family farm, you grow avocados. You're a successful avocado farmer. Yes, yes. So how did you get into avocados?
7: So for many, many years, I lived in an apartment and it's... (laughs) challenging to write a song when you can hear your neighbor watching TV so they can hear you writing a song. And so it would drive me crazy. So I decided when I could eventually buy a house, I want to live out in the country so I could just be as loud and as weird as I wanted to be. I moved out in the country and lo and behold, it was an agricultural area. So I basically bought an avocado orchard without really knowing it. I mean, I knew it, but I didn't know that I would fall in love with it. And before you know it now, we went from a monocrop of has avocado to now having over 40 different varieties of fruits. It's become hopefully something I'll grow into and become an old man farmer doing. Was that a wow? That was no, real that sentence. was fantastic. Growing farming doing. So your
0: quiz is called Avocado, don't you know?
7: I bet I do.
0: <laughs> if you do well enough, Beckett Duncan from Springfield, Missouri, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Woo. And if you need a hint, our puzzle guru Greg Pliska is standing by. So here you go. Is an avocado a fruit or a vegetable?
7: I'm going to say it is a fruit. It is more related to the berry.
0: Yes and yes. Bonus point for the yes and the yes. All right, fill in the blank. In some parts of the world, avocados are known as blank pears,
7: alligator pears.
0: That is correct. And they're always planted in pears, avocados. Is that right?
7: Yes, for pollination.
0: They are a... Oh, in pears.
7: Yeah, pears. In yeah, pears. Yeah.
0: All right, we have a couple more for you. The Hass avocado tree is named for Rudolph Haas, who supposedly grew the first variety of it at his home in Pasadena. What was Rudolph Hass's main job?
6: Ooh, I do not know.
7: Uh, can I ask the
6: puzzle guru? Yeah. Oh, I can give you a hint. Yes, his job involved... Uh,
7: delivering things to people. Uh, I'm gonna say he was a mailman. That is correct, yes. yes! I vaguely remember that, and my dad was a mailman.
0: Really? Yeah, but he did no, he'd not do any avocado farming? No, no our farming? trees
7: died in our yard growing up, yeah. We had apple trees, but they died. <laughs> my dad was busy delivering the mail, I guess. That's right, he had a job. Yeah.
0: This is your last clue. According to the Haas Avocado Board, in 2016, Americans were expected to eat 278 million avocados during the week of what major televised event?
7: Whoo, that would be the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, that's right.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Guac and roll. Do you have a, uh, a, a recipe that you covet? Uh, I do, and it's the more famously known chachamole. And that would be guacamole that has been converted to a chocolate pudding. What? Yes. So imagine you're mushing up your ripe avocado. It turns into a very pudding texture. But the avocado has a very neutral flavor. So whichever way you go flavor-wise, that flavor will be the dominant flavor. So sweeten to your liking with, say, agave nectar or dates. Add in raw cacao, and the whole thing turns into a rich, delicious chocolatey pudding to delight all your dinner guests. They will not know that they are eating avocados.
0: Whoa, good tip. Yes, well done. Puzzle guru Greg Pliska, how did our special guest Jason Mraz do?
6: Jason, you got them all right. So you and Beckett Duncan have won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. All right. Jason Mraz is
0: starring on Broadway in Waitress. Give it up for Jason Mraz. Thank you very much. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook and Twitter. Our next game is about Sherlock Holmes and urban legends. Did you know that Sherlock Holmes never said elementary, my dear Watson? The real quote is, Watson, I am so high right now. LAUGHTER <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Amanda Gilligan on buzzer number one. You're a third grade teacher in Waterbury, Connecticut. Welcome. Thank you. Your opponent is Christy Champion on buzzer number two. You work in psychiatric services for adolescents in New Jersey, and the kids know you as the Puzzle Lady. Welcome. Great to be here. Remember, Amanda and Christy, the first of you who wins two of our games will go on to our final round. Let's go to your first game. Amanda, what's an urban legend that you could get behind?
4: Well, again, as a third grade teacher, I hear them all. I have the kids coming in every day and Trying to convince the class that if they drink pop, ro- eat pop rocks and drink coke, that you know their stomach will explode, and I have to discuss the physics of it and explain, you know, that's not possible. Or they watch a horror movie and come in and they try to convince that the kids that Bloody Mary does exist. And I spend more of my time debunking the myths with third graders than anything else. Okay, so you don't believe in any of them. I don't know. Maybe the Loch Ness monster. You know, I grew up around the water. That, <laughs> that, but, very possibly. I, I
0: love that you're telling. Right. You're like, no pop rocks. That's crazy. (laughs) But, you know, maybe a sea monster.
8: (laughs) Mermaids, I could definitely get behind,
0: too. (laughs) Mermaids, okay. Uh, How about you, Christy? What's an urban legend you could get behind?
8: One that my family says all the time, because we go to the beach pretty often, is that if a seagull poops on you, that means you're lucky. Um, So, And especially when you're on the Jersey Shore, they're like, oh, you should go to Lang City now, you're so lucky. And I just think it's a really nice way of people saying, "Uh, I'm sorry, a bird just pooped on you. Right. (laughs)
0: That is the most optimistic read of an urban legend <laughs> I've ever heard. I appreciate that. So you get to play one of our favorite games. It's called This, That, or The Other. We're going to give you the name. You tell us which of three categories it belongs to. Jonathan Coulton, what are today's categories?
1: Today's categories are spooky urban legends, nicknames of old-timey Hall of Fame baseball players, <laughs> or a phrase following the adventure of in the title of a Sherlock Holmes story.
0: We're going to alternate back and forth, so no need to ring in. Here we go. Amanda, the creeping man. Uh, I'd say that's Sherlock Holmes. I would say that is correct. <laughs>
8: Terrible name for a ball player. Yes, definitely. <laughs>
1: Christy, the mechanical man.
8: Is a baseball player?
1: It is a baseball player. You're correct.
0: Amanda, the phantom coachman.
4: Urban legend, I think.
0: Yes, that's an urban legend. It's an old legend about a woman who has a dream about a phantom coachman who says there's room for one more. Never go in anything that someone (laughs) says there's room for one more.
1: This one's for you, Christy. The Sussex vampire.
8: Oh, um, Sherlock Holmes.
1: Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is correct.
0: Another odd nickname for a baseball player. It would be a very
1: strange strange technique for a baseball player. (laughs) Why do they call him the Sussex (laughs) Vamp? Oh, I see.
4: (laughs) Amanda, the Squire of Kennett Square. Sounds British, so I will go Sherlock Holmes.
0: Interesting. I am sorry that is oh. incorrect. Christy, can you steal?
8: Um, urban legend. I'm
0: sorry that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha, baseball player. Yeah, Herb Penick was a pitcher and teammate of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig from Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. Kennett Square uh, is also known as the mushroom
1: capital of the world. That's <laughs> good to know. Christy, little Napoleon.
8: Um, baseball player?
1: Yes, it is a baseball player.
8: That is
0: redundant. We can agree, right? (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. That's right.
0: These are your last clues. Amanda, the hook. I'll go with urban legend on that one. Yeah, that's an urban legend. Yes, famous urban legend.
1: Christy, the devil's foot.
8: I'm going to go... Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, you're right. Sherlock Holmes. It's Sherlock deduces
0: that four people have been driven to insanity and death by a poison called the devil's foot root.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The devil's foot root? Yeah,
0: you take it out of the, uh, and it's stinky or something. (laughs) (laughs) It smells like the devil's foot. smells like the devil's foot
6: in here. (laughs)
1: That's
0: right. Speaking of which, puzzle guru Craig (laughs) Plisko...
6: How do our contestants do? Christy, you've won the first round. Congratulations. You can solve the
0: case of the best contestant we haven't met yet. Go to amatickets.org and take our contestant quiz. Coming up, can you believe we've played 1,000 games on Ask Me Another? That's right. That is one game for every 43 quadrillion possible configurations of a Rubik's Cube. I'm Ophira Eisenberg and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. (laughs) This message comes from NPR sponsor Adult Swim. There's a new show coming to Adult Swim called Joe Para Talks with You. It's a quiet show about Joe and his friends and the things in his life, like breakfast foods, rocks, weddings, being woken up by thunder, grilled chicken, pumpkins, fall drives. Watch Joe Para Talks with You Sundays at midnight on Adult Swim. Lights, camera, roadshow, Ask Me Another is taping a live episode at the Nantucket Film Festival in June, and we need contestants. So if you're beachy keen, go to amatickets.org, give us your email, and we'll send you a contestant quiz.
4: I'm Linda Holmes. There's more stuff to watch these days than you can ever get to. That's why we make Pop Culture Happy Hour. Twice a week, we give you the lowdown on what's worth your time and what's not. Find Pop Culture Happy Hour on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Greg Pliska. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Amanda and Christy. Next, we'll play a music parody game where you have the right to remain silent, but if you do, you'll lose. (laughs) Let's check in with our contestants. So, Amanda, this is your fifth year teaching the third grade. That is correct. What is particularly great about the third grade?
4: Um, I think it's just, like, the sense of humor the kids bring every day and, like, just a wonderful openness. Like, they're completely unfiltered. Like, they get an answer right. I was teaching, you know, division the other day. And just they jump up and they're like, oh, my gosh, I get it. It's just the opposite of multiplication. And, like, you know, for us, yeah, absolutely, we get that. But for seeing, like, just that unbridled joy when they connect to a subject. Put something together. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Now, yeah. how,
0: would, how would you categorize their sense of humor?
4: Um, if they can give me an answer that makes me laugh, uh, they generally will get full credit. Um, <laughs> for example, uh, I teach the three states of matter, and on their final test, it says, you know, name three gases, and inevitably every year, the answer fart will be on the test, and that will get correct response from me. <laughs> okay.
5: Very good.
0: Christy, why are you known as the Puzzle Lady by the kids at work?
8: I have like a series of woodblock puzzles in my office that I really like aesthetically. They just look really nice, um, but I don't have good parietal senses, so I can't actually stick the puzzles back together. So they are just strictly ornamental, but the kids like to take them and try to figure them out, but I'm like very cautious Because then if they take them apart and they can't put them back together, I certainly cannot put them back together. (laughs) So they've actually used it as something they they feel proud of and having achieved. Like, oh, I did the first block puzzle. I'm allowed to move up to the next one. That's hilarious. Because they have to prove they're able to put them back together because I am woefully (laughs) unable.
0: Your next game is a music parody called Cop To It. Uh, Christy, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're in the final round. Amanda, you need to win this, or we're going to slap on the pink furry handcuffs. That's right, everybody. Things are about (laughs) to get weird, all right? (laughs) Or maybe back to normal.
1: We rewrote songs by the police to make them about cop shows. (laughs) Just ring in to tell me what TV show I'm singing about. And if you get that right, for a bonus point, you can tell me the police song that I'm parodying. Here we go. If you like Jan Hammer as
3: much as me, if you've got Crockett's coolness or Tubbs is on we grab your pastel T-shirt and white sport coat, and we'll run down a drug lord on my speedboat.
1: Amanda
4: Miami Vice.
1: Miami Vice is correct. For a bonus point, can you name the song?
4: Little black sun on, little black spot on the sun today?
1: That is one of the lyrics, but that is not the title <laughs> of the song. It was called King of Pain. Uh, all right. All right. Okay.
3: Two cop dudes involved in an undercover sting assignment. Is clear now to stop a new drug ring Just like that old Fox show From which it took a page There's students in high school Secretly
1: twice that age (laughs) Amanda.
4: 21 Jump Street.
1: That's right. Uh, and Amanda, for a bonus point, can you name the song?
4: Don't stand so close to me.
1: Yeah, you got it.
4: Tough cops celebrate the silent
3: and strong male. Some alcoholics, kind of like a soap opera with guns in jail. Tough cops, Jimmy Smith, Rick Schroeder on the trail. Escape for the 90s We all had to look at sipowitz's tail
1: <laughs> Amanda
4: NYPD Blue
1: Yeah, you got it
4: For a bonus point, can you name the song? That would be Roxanne Yeah, that's right
3: Dresself true profession is where he channels his aggression when he's extracting your confession. London crime is his obsession.
1: Mm. Oh Amanda. Sherlock? Uh, no, that's a good guess, but that's not the answer, Christy, Do you know what it is?
8: Elementary.
1: Oh no, I'm sorry. What we're looking for is Luther, the BBC show. Uh, nobody has an opportunity to not name the song for a bonus point. <laughs> the name of the song is "Di Do 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 Di Da Da <laughs> Da." Thank you, police. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. This is your last clue. Every
3: DUI. Every shirtless guy Every dude who's high This is real, no lie When they come for you Every blurred out face Every high speed chase Every burned out place Cameras help their case When they come for you
1: Amanda. Cops. Cops is correct. (laughs) There is a bonus point for you if you can name the song.
4: I'll be watching you. Oh, oh, no. Every Breath You Take. Every
1: Breath You Take is the
6: answer. (laughs) Greg Pliska, how did they do? Amanda is the winner of that game. (laughs) And that means you have each won one game. So we will go on to a quick game three. Now, how this works is I give you a category, you'll go back and forth naming things that fall into that category, and the first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. You buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the seven components of a Big Mac according to the famous McDonald's jingle. Christy.
8: Sesame seed bun.
6: Yes, Amanda.
8: Two wild beef patties.
6: Yes, Christy.
8: Special sauce.
6: Yes, Amanda. Lettuce. Christy. three seconds. Tomato. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Very good, though. The, The missing ingredients were cheese, pickles, and onions. You can't put a tomato in there. It gets all mushy, and nobody likes it. Christy, we are sorry to see you go. Amanda, congratulations. You're headed to the final round.
0: While Amanda and Damien get ready for the final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Wisdom of the Crowd. We asked a previous live audience at the Bell House to estimate a bunch of quantities. For example, how many quills does a porcupine have? We've averaged their answers together, and now we'll find out who is better at guesstimating, the crowd, or house musician Jonathan Colton. Here we go. Jonathan. Yes. According to the Guinness World Records, how many followers does the most-followed raccoon on Instagram, have
1: verified raccoon or just any raccoon? It's
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> verified.
1: Okay, let's see. It's got to be a surprisingly high number, otherwise, you wouldn't be asking the question. I mean, this if the raco- answer is like 34. It's like that's not interesting. Yeah, this raccoon is an influencer and a disruptor. <laughs> it's a very, <laughs> I'm gonna say it's in the range of hundreds of thousands, I'm gonna say 250,000.
0: Our audience guessed. Eight point two million. That's a lot, but possible. Okay. The correct answer is one point one million. Ah, so that means you I'm got closer. the point. Yeah. Sorry, audience. The raccoon's name is Pumpkin and he lives in the Bahamas. <laughs> I don't know if he started off living in the Bahamas or if he just <laughs> is retiring on his Instagram <laughs> fame. Jonathan, according to National Geographic, how many Lego bricks are there for each person on Earth?
1: I know how many Lego pieces there are per person in my house. And, and what is that? It's a very high number. Thousands. I don't know exactly. It's thousands. It's easily thousands. But not everybody has Legos. True. Some people don't have any Legos.
0: I have no Legos.
1: You will. You have a child. You will have Legos. I will have you Legos. You will step on a Lego in the middle of the night in your bare feet. LAUGHTER And that child that you promised you would love forever and never leave, you will curse. You will curse that (laughs) child's name. So let's see. There's like some number of billions of people in the world—seven, maybe seven, eight billion people in the world these days. Uh, Legos—they got to be making. They make a lot of Legos per year. They got to be making millions of Legos. A lot of them get lost. A lot of them get angrily thrown away after a parent steps on them in the middle of the night. But still, that's a ton of Legos. Your average, average Lego kit's gotta have hundreds of pieces in it. So that's, even if one kid just has one kit, that's hundreds. Ugh. <laughs> I'm gonna say, this is crazy, I'm gonna say there are 1,000 a th- a Legos per person on a Earth.
0: 1,000 Legos? Okay, our audience guessed 14,600 <laughs> per person. The answer is 80. <laughs>
6: All right, it's still pretty impressive. So
0: you win again. I win again.
6: Was that an audience of five-year-old boys? Uh, that's
0: hilarious.
6: <laughs> I know. <'Cause> 40000 <laughs> That's my son's goal.
0: Jonathan, according to Guinness, how many years did the world's oldest cat live?
1: 1.7 million years. <laughs> I had a cat that I got when I was a, a sophomore in college. And uh, we're like, oh, let's get a cat. And then I didn't realize that the cat was going to live many years. I hadn't really thought about it. And so this cat was still alive when I had children. This cat lived to be like 21 years old. Wow. And that was pretty old for a cat. So I don't think it's going to get too much older than that. But I'm going to say surprisingly older than that. I'm going to say 26.
0: 26. Too high. Our audience guessed 33 years the correct answer is 38 years
1: and 3 days 38 years and 3 days holy moly
0: Yep, I know everyone is freaking out about that idea
1: I guarantee you that cat was no fun for the last 20 years of its life
0: well done I feel like yeah you were amazing on that and so was our crowd that was wisdom of the crowd well done Jonathan well done audience It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists. Damian Vanderputten, who learned that he's more afraid of falling than spiders. And Amanda Gilligan, who will give her third graders credit for making fart jokes. Puzzle guru Greg Pliska, take it away.
6: Amanda and Damian, we have played hundreds of games over the years on Ask Me Another, and I'm happy to announce that your final round is our 1,000th game. And of course, that means that every answer in this game will contain the consecutive letters USA, just like the word thousandth. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and an avocado signed, but not grown by, Jason Raz. (laughs) So we rolled a 20-sided die backstage and Amanda, you will go first. Here we go. Amanda, this Jamaican runner holds eight Olympic gold medals. Usain Bolt. That is correct. Damien, this women's rights advocate was once pictured on the U.S. $1 coin. Susan B. Anthony. That is correct. Amanda, this actor known for her roles in Thelma and Louise and Bull Durham recently played Betty Davis in Feud.
4: Susan Sarandon.
6: That is correct. Damien, also known as judicial disqualification, this word refers to when a judge removes him or herself from a case due to a conflict of interest. Recusal? That is correct. Amanda, in family law, this two-word alliterative phrase refers to payments made by one married partner to another.
4: Adult alimony.
6: No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer we were looking for was spousal support. Damien, according to Merriam-Webster, it's a grammatical case that marks the direct object of a verb. The subjunctive case? No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer is accusative. Uh, Amanda, this actor starred in High Fidelity, Better Off Dead, and Hot Tub Time Machine.
4: John Cusack.
6: Correct. Damien, this 2016 R-rated animated movie stars Kristen Wiig as the voice of a hot dog bun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Three seconds. Party time. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. That's not it. The correct answer is... Oh, I know
5: what it is. It's sausage sausage party. Sausage party. Yeah, oh, so sorry.
6: Party time USA. (laughs) Well, we're at the halfway point, and Amanda is in the lead. Three answers correct to two. Amanda, this song begins with the lyric, Oh, I come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee.
4: Oh, Susanna.
6: Correct. Damien, this Scottish singer gained international fame following her performance of I Dreamed a Dream on Britain's Got Talent. Susan Boyle. That is correct. Amanda, known for its mountains and beaches, this is the second largest city in South Korea.
4: Not Seoul?
6: <laughs> you know, if you could just gotten the letters USA in order in there, I might have given it to you. No, the correct answer is Busan. All right. Damien. Home to the Western Wall and the Dome of the Rock. Jerusalem. That is correct. Amanda. These Christian military expeditions began in 1095 and continued for several centuries. Crusades. That is correct. Damien. This musician and conductor wrote The Stars and Stripes Forever.
5: I know this one. This is uh,
6: John Philip Sousa. That is correct. Now, just so you know, the score is tied and you each have one question left. Amanda. This character in Greek mythology had snakes instead of hair. Medusa. That is correct. The score is now six to five. This is the last question. Damien, you must answer this question correctly to stay in the game and force a tiebreaker. Not to be confused with Russian, this salad dressing is mostly a mixture of mayonnaise and ketchup. (laughs) A Thousand Island. That is correct. (laughs) two fantastic contestants I'm going to ask you both to pick up your buzzers now so you're going to buzz in for the tiebreaker question as opposed to correlation this word means that one event is the result of another event Damien causation that is correct congratulations
0: what a final game thank you so much Amanda congratulations Damien you're a big winner That's our show. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Greg Pliska. Hey,
6: my name anagrams to sparkle gig.
0: Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzle's written by David Letzler, Mary Tobler, and senior writers Kyle Beekley, Karen Lurie, and J. Keith Van Stratton. Our senior supervising producer is Art Chung. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katseff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Danny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Madeline Kaplan, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore and Rick Kwan. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harriet Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're joined by the Tony-nominated star of Spongebob Squarepants, the musical Ethan Slater. We learn all about the training Ethan went through to prepare for this athletic performance, and then we challenge Spongebob's boundless optimism in a musical quiz where we take sad songs and make them better. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.